Cub Scout Podcast with me, Emily Einolander. And me, Corinne Kalassi. We're mapping the frontier between traditional and indie publishing, and today we're talking with Sierra Elmore. Sierra Elmore writes YA contemporary and thriller novels about girls wreaking havoc while fighting trauma. Her work has won the Young Arts Merit Award and was selected for the Author Mentor Match Program. Elmore earned a BA in sociology from Arcadia University. She's conducted research on the representation of mentally ill women in media, as well as relational aggression amongst adolescent girls. Elmore lives in New York City, where she explores independent bookstores, volunteers for the Crisis Text Line, and goes to as many concerts as possible. Welcome, Sierra. Hello, hello. Hi. I just um, finished reading Death by Society a couple days ago and, um, you know, did it all in one sitting and that was pretty fun. Um, so, oh, wow. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I'd just be rewatching a TV show. So it seemed like a better use of time. <laughs> <laughs> the real question is which TV show? Oh, oh I've been rewatching Succession. I, <laughs> it's I've kind heard of, that's good. I've yeah, heard it's good. It's kind of weird to have it as like a rewatch comfort show, but that I don't know. Weird. I know, I know. I just like I like shows that have like big ensemble pieces, yeah, and there's all of these fair. scenes where people are like at a party and kind of going back and forth across the room and that kind of stuff. And I'm always very excited in my little writer brain because I just love ensemble stuff. Yeah. So, um, and Sierra, you got your copies of your book this week. I saw on Twitter. Yes, I did. And they look very good. You must be really excited. I am. So like, um, I got them from Ingram Spark, which is a distributor, um, for pretty much indies. Um, they're in the, they're, um, their other division Ingram is for, um, traditional publishing. And so they came right on time. Um, I want to make sure they weren't ugly, you know? Yes. <laughs> that was very, yes. <laughs> very important. <laughs> um, but yeah, they came, they care, they're beautiful. And so now I just have to um, get the hardcovers going, which oh. I will once, the blur- once my blurbs are all in. Oh, that's exciting. You're doing hardcover. Yes. That was very cool. Yeah. Um, and it's all print on demand, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. Oh my God, cool. I'm glad everybody's doing hardcovers now. That's so exciting. So uh, what was the last concert you went to? Yep, so I know that I put a, I try to go to as many concerts as possible in my bio. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't been to a concert since before COVID. Oh, I feel that. Yeah, no, <laughs> Which, that's, that's fair. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But do you remember what the last one was? Yes, yes, I do. Absolutely. Because it was my favorite. Well, my favorite artists are Hosier and Taylor Swift. So I went to a Hosier concert, (gasps) obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, Incredible. 10 out of 10. Yeah. Um, He said his voice. I'm jealous of my past self. (laughs) 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 He said his voice was off. Uh-huh. which it didn't feel off but like he would know better than I do obviously um so he played slower songs which was like I don't want to say it was a benefit because his voice was like struggling apparently 
Um, but it was a benefit because he played like Wasteland Baby. So that was really nice. Um, the slowed down version of From Eden. And I almost got to meet him after the show. But because oh, of his oh. vocal issues, he did not meet fans that day. We were all waiting outside. Um, and then he tweeted, hey, guys, I'm not going to meet fans after the show. Then we all left. Oh, it was like too cold outside for his voice or something like that. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that you, you um, put Hozier in, uh, in your book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was reading it. I'm like, oh, yes, yes, this is correct. <laughs> this is accurate. Yeah, um, Corinne and I are Spotify buddies. And so, um, Corinne, you've probably seen me re-listening and re-listening to him over and over again in the uh, last couple yeah. of weeks. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you for not judging me. Oh, please. There's no judgment. This is a judgment-free zone, you know. So, yeah. Our friendship and this podcast. Just so we're um, <laughs> All right, Sierra. So tell us about your upcoming book, Death by Society. What is it about and what inspired you to write it? Yep. So Death by Society is a Mean Girls remix that happens when two girls' worlds collide after one attempts suicide to avoid toxic popularity. So there's a real focus on mental health, on bullying, sexual assault, and just really this host of things that teenagers go through, what my friends and I went through as teenagers, and what I know teens are still dealing with today. And so my inspiration for it, um, in middle school, we had a presentation on bullying, um, which they were talking about a young man who had died by suicide. And they were talking with his parents and they were like, what if he had had a hero, somebody who had um, intervened? So that kind of converged with my question, what would happen if I tried to die? Because I was dealing with some very personal issues. I was in a really bad place in eighth grade. Um, and so I took those two questions and made a short story called Hero, where a girl named Lily, who was a very different character from Abby, um, as is in the book, saved Carter's life. Um, who is the main character and then I decided to expand it from a novel from there and there's been many iterations of the novel um, there's been ones where there were four point of view characters um, yeah it was like a hundred thousand words which I don't have that in me anymore like, <laughs> I don't think teenagers <laughs> really do either <laughs> they don't like my maybe some novel my current um, novel, The Art of Congressional Love, which is coming out in March, um, that is like, right now, it's like 40,000 words. I'm hoping to get it to 55,000. That's a reasonable number. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I kind of want to walk back the teenagers not reading 100,000 words because I don't know, I see those books in the YA sections and they're thick. Those are some thick Yeah. <laughs> Um, So you made a really powerful statement about the truly dangerous and harmful effects of bullying in your book, but you also managed to create uh, nuance and sympathy for the main character Carter's bully, Abby, and um, her voice is a big part of the book. So can you tell us a little about um, why you made that choice and what the experience was writing sort of from that uh, more bully viewpoint? 
Yep. So I made that choice early on in the process. Um, I was interested exploring the other side of bullying, what might lead a bully to bully. Um, I was being bullied at the time. So I was kind of interested in diving into that psyche. So in Abby's case, as she developed, um, she became like this naturally caustic person, but her meanness is kind of ramped up by trauma that's explored throughout the novel. And I took that for my real life because I knew that when I was being traumatized, like I wasn't exactly the same person. I was um, like, I could be, I could be terrible. I could be mean, I could be selfish. And so I just taking my own trauma traumatic experiences because um, Abby had been um, sexually assaulted. That's the trauma that she goes through. Like, I don't consider that a spoiler or anything because like trauma is never a spoiler. And so that's explored throughout the novel. And so her side was also difficult to write because I had to step into that mean girl headspace, which like, isn't necessarily me. (laughs) (laughs) um I can be like a bitch sometimes (laughs) I don't know if I'm allowed to curse yeah you are you definitely are (laughs) okay (laughs) but like Abby takes it to a whole nother level (laughs) she definitely has don't fuck with me energy she does like (laughs) her energy is like wild it seems a little bit maybe fun to write her though she can be fun to write she can yeah like it's very different from Carter who's like you know very sad very somber like kind of a reflect more of a reflection of myself and I'm just like this is just bumming me out (laughs) like (laughs) something a little more high energy to break up the pace probably yeah (laughs) um I, I do think it's notable to say that you didn't include like the scene of sexual assault in your book. And um, you're also very cognizant of giving content warnings at the beginning of your book. So um, if people have concerns about um, what they're about to start reading um, for their own mental health, I think that was very uh, thoughtful of you to do. So thank you for that. (laughs) Thank you. And that was very important to me um, because I'm a survivor myself and I've dealt with a lot of the things in this novel um so I would have appreciated those warnings sometimes um and so I know that readers are getting more and more savvy they want content warnings and so of course I'm going to put those content warnings like even if somebody didn't ask for it I would put those content warnings um and just be very being very cognizant of not including the scenes and being very mindful of how I discuss Abby's trauma um, and Carter's trauma as well. Mm -hmm. But you definitely didn't shy away from the emotional effects and very powerful. So I will answer, um, did the subject matter influence the decision to self-publish? So I never received confirmation, but I was always scared that the deep intersectionality was a reason why it wasn't accepted in traditional publishing because it always feels like there's that quota, you know? Um, 
And if your book is too much, I say that very hesitantly. <laughs> but um, yeah, the, the, you got to have the quotes um, because it's never too much. But if your book is too much for publishing, traditional publishing anyway, self-publishing is definitely different. Um, and I'm grateful for that. But yeah, so it, it did influence my decision to self-publish because once my um, agent and I separated, I decided, okay, why not self-publish? I'm not seeing, like, I haven't seen traction for three years Decide when I was working on traditional publishing. This seems like a great option for me. Why, why the hell not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you have the opportunity there. I'm someone who like, I'm a control person and I'm a great, well, I'm taking a project management certificate from Google right now. Um, so a Virgo, I'm, Corinne. Sierra is a Virgo. Oh, yes, Virgo. Virgo yes. sister. Hello. I salute you. <laughs> so I'm going to be a great project manager. Um, sorry, my cat just screamed in the background. That's that's a requirement for the show. That is a requirement. <laughs> the more cats, the better. Really. <laughs> But, um, so I put everything, um, so I put everything into a plan, um, which I can actually, I'm happy to share with your audience. Sure. Um, the notion template that I have. Okay. Yeah. Did you create that or you got it from a website or? I created it. Oh my God. Maybe you should sell that. (laughs) I'd sell that if I were you. (laughs) No, I just wanted to do it like as a gift. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. Love it. I might need it um, for my own stuff too. So thanks. (laughs) (laughs) I do a lot of um, book project management stuff and I've been trying to create those process documents. So seeing someone else's process is always really helpful. Yeah, it's it's so helpful. So I just use that natural project management tendency um, to kind of just control freak my way into everything. And so working with individual vendors like my cover designer has been amazing. Um, and then I have my, um, I use a different cover designer for my 2023 covers, but those are, um, one is done, the other one is a revision. So that has been really fun. How did you find your cover designer? She actually DM'd me. So she DM'd me and shot her shot, which mm-hmm. I really appreciate um, yeah, because I didn't know who I was going to pick like for a cover designer. <laughs> I didn't know where to go. Um, like now I know different places to go, but um yeah, so she, and her name is Sophia Chun. Um, she is amazing. She designed the cover for Death by Society. Um, and she was like, hey, I don't know if you already have a cover designer, but I would love to work on this. And then I took one look at her portfolio. I was like, yeah, you're hired. <laughs> it has a very burn book sort of look to it, like the meme Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like your experience with traditional publishing helped uh, sort of on your journey with self-publishing? Oh, absolutely. Um, Querying definitely helped because now I know how to pitch a book like that. Um, 
the pitch contest helped because now I know how to pitch a book um, accordingly. Like now I have a pitch, um, I use my comps and then I, um, and then I will like do, well, I'll just use that by side example. I'll just do Mean Girls meets this kind of funny story and then XYZ happens um, and that works. And now I know the publishing process, the basics. Um, I met a ton of people, a lot of friends, including people who are self-published, um, hybrid published, um, who have helped me along the way. Yeah, I've just learned so much about the process. And I've taken that and, and marketing because I've seen how authors market. Um, I've been seeing this for years. I've seen what works, what doesn't work. Um, and so I've been taking that away for my own things. Like for example, I'm doing a pre-order campaign with Pocketbooks, um, a bookshop in Lancaster. And so I wouldn't have been able to like know how to do that without um, seeing how people do their pre-order campaigns. So uh, it sounds like your own experience as a reader and just someone who's very absorbed in kind of that book culture really helped you with your own uh, process. Definitely. Do you read a lot of YA books? Is that? Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> I have this um, app called, I think it's called Libib, where it like scans, you can scan all of your books in. Yeah, it's called Libib. You can scan all of your books in. I just looked at it and I have 243 young adult books. Wow. Wow. And that doesn't even include like the ser my series. So yeah, I read young adult. True <laughs> believer. And it shows. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I can't imagine how bad it would be if I tried to write a young adult book. I'd be like, <laughs> how to succeed in business as a teenager. Actually, that's kind of, I mean, Carter in the book uh, has a very successful mental health app. So that's pretty cool. I guess that is a business book for a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you code, by the way? I was wondering. I don't. I've always <laughs> like tried to and I've given up. Mm -hmm. So like I am so not Carter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I used to think that I could do sort of the web developer thing. And as soon as I started learning JavaScript, I was just like, why isn't this working? this isn't working. <laughs> I don't know why this isn't working. <laughs> Back to the words. Yeah. Um, so it sounded like you did have um, various guides along the process, but your it sounds like your experience was also pretty self-guided. I'm going to sort of double down on this question and say, what were the sort of sticking points along the way and how did you overcome them? you mentioned that your cover designer, you kind of just put it out there and then someone reached out to you. Um, but otherwise you wouldn't have known like how to deal with it. Um, were there other steps in the publishing process, like, you know, figuring out where to sell it or like how to print it or, um, how to find an editor where you maybe experienced a little bit of friction? Yeah. So I was, um, so as far as finding an editor, that was actually pretty easy because I had, um, well, first, the first editor I was going to pick, um, because my agent and I had, like, edited the hell out of this book, 
mm-hmm. before um, before we had separated. So I had just knew it just needed like a line and copy edit and proofread, of course. I, at first, I had just found an editor um, in one of my books that I had read because they were named. Oh. Um, and then my friend was like, no, I did it for free. And I'm like, I love you, but like, I'm going to pay you. <laughs> yes. Been like, good for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's the, um, yeah. <laughs> we all looking out for each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll love, I love you, but like, no. Um, and then, um, like another sticking point was like, I was doing a Kickstarter um, to raise money for the editing costs, for the cover design costs, um, for a couple of other costs. And then um, like the middle of it, which I hear everybody deals with, um, the middle slump, which where you get like maybe one donation a day <laughs> um, was so difficult to deal with. Like you're just promoting and promoting and promoting, but like, it's not moving the needle. Mm. Yeah. So I'm doing another Kickstarter for my um, for my second book, probably. Yeah. So there's that. So I'll I'm going to make it shorter, so we um, have less of a middle slump. Oh, smart. <laughs> um, and then I'm probably going to run Facebook ads during the middle slump. I heard that helps a little bit. Okay. And then other sticking points. Honestly, it's it's not been too difficult of a process. I think just like figuring out the best ways to market. Yeah, I think figuring out the best ways to really market the book. Um, well, that kind of leads us into our next question, Corinne. Yeah. So what uh, have you been doing to promote the book and how do you manage all the work that goes into that? And I will also say that I know about all the work that goes into that because I have had like marketing and publicity positions at several publishing companies. So I am, um, my heart goes out to you because I know it's a shit ton of work. So you're going to oh, find yeah. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So I have been doing all this for myself. Um, <laughs> so the big thing was the Kickstarter, which got a lot of pre orders in. And then I'm doing a launch with a new bookstore um, that's opened up in New York City, um, oh, cool. p Knitwear. And then I have the pre-order campaign with Pocketbook, and I might be doing something else with them. Stay tuned. I had a giveaway in early June. Um, I've been pitching press outlets, which is not fun. No, it is not. Is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's what I do. Now. I'm in PR now, and uh, yeah, it's uh, as I said, my heart goes out to you because it is—it's a lot of work and it's thankless, truly. Yeah, <laughs> I, get it. I get it. Yeah. Every once in a while, Corinne will get like, a, "Never talk to me again." <laughs> oh, oh, I no. get those all the time. It's just like this is—I am not interested. Why would? Why are you such an idiot? Why would you think I would be interested in this? Oh no. Yeah, I mean, I got, I think it was a couple weeks ago, I got a response that was like, I am repulsed by this pitch. And I was like, okay, like, you know. Oh I mean, my God. Like, I know, I know. But the thing is, like, the more you do it, the more used to it you get. And you're just like, whatever, this guy's having a bad day or he's an asshole. Either way, I'm taking him off my list and I never have to talk to him again. So who cares? 
but um anyway yeah well, hopefully so, they're nicer nicer to you because you're hope, an author <laughs> right I hope so I hope so yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah I haven't gotten any of those <laughs> um, good. Good. I'm that. um yeah so I've been emailing bloggers um I've stopped doing that now because yeah. it is thankless um I had a cover reveal with my friend Fadwa I'm actually going to be a book bub new releases for less which is Ooh, a congrats big deal. yeah that's Thank a really you. big deal <laughs> yeah, that's great. and that's mostly just you reaching out to like lots and lots of people to do all this stuff yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, so what recommendations would you have for authors, uh, either with marginalized identities or who struggle with mental illness as they try to write their books and then market and promote them? So my biggest piece of advice is not to give up because there are people in your in this world who want to see your stories. They want to see you succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, my cats. <laughs> <laughs> um no not my cats they, I mean they do want to see you succeed yes <laughs> Sierra's cats so. want you to succeed so if, don't if disappoint you, the cats yeah if, if nobody else believes in you me and my cats believe in you <laughs> that's gonna keep me going in the dark times I think we have <laughs> but yeah just believe in yourself um know that the haters are just they're always going to be there um like it's okay to be upset about it it's okay to be upset about people who are just assholes um but and I don't want to tell people to step away from social media because unfortunately it's is how we promote ourselves at our books and marginalized people do have already have a disadvantage um when it comes to that so instead consider your approach to social media and how it can be healthier so does that mean being an updates account does that mean logging on for only 10 minutes a day does that mean hiring your post out to a company if you can afford it mm. uh so where can people find you and find your book so you can find me on Twitter, sort of. Um, TikTok. <laughs> There's a lot of information up there. There's enough information up there to find the book. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Twitter, TikTok, Instagram under Sierra Writes YA. Um, Death by Society can be found pretty much everywhere. And the links are at sierraelmore.com. Okay. Fantastic. And is there anything else you'd like to plug? Um, not right now, although I do have a second book coming out in March. Um, that is The Art of Congressional Love, and it is Scandal meets Red, White, and Royal Blue. And that is all I will say right now. That's, That's such a good one. That's an amazing, like, <laughs> elevator pitch. That really is. <laughs> like, I remember Corinne and I both did the head tilt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, you can find us uh, online, hybridpubscout.com on Twitter at hybridpubscout and Facebook, even though I don't really go on there anymore. Um, Instagram at hybridpubscoutpod. And please give us a five-star rating and a nice review on your favorite podcast app. Sierra, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks for giving a rip about books. <laughs> <laughs>